Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford. Welcome. Oh, it feels so good to be talking to y'all today. <laughs> this this uh, social retreat is just getting to us, I think. It's getting to me, at least. But I do welcome you to Second Wind. You know... This is where I gather all those savvy women that have successfully made it through transition. Whatever they faced, there is always on the other side of this transition that you may be going through or have experienced in the past, there is always learning and growth. So during this time, when we are isolated from our friends and um other people, if you live alone, um, I do have a trusty friend here, Moo, my dog, but she's blind and deaf, so I could tell you we're not communicating that well, but she's sweet to know that she's here with me, so, you know, we have all sorts of adjustments during this time of confronting COVID-19 as a world we're actually doing it as the whole world at the same time. That is an awesome thought. But because this time does change our work schedule and our, our interaction schedules, I really want you to use this time for learning. This is when you benefit from growth. And so I'm going to remind you of my book, Effortless Happiness, which you can get on Amazon. And it's how to find your voice and finally ask for what you really want. Now, this was created when I went through my transition. And it, and the transition was divorce. Now, yours may be loss. It may be job change. Could be any other thing. But what you must be clear about in any transition is knowing who you are. Who are you? What do you believe in? What do you want? And so with this book, it is dealing with your values. And many women not having been in the workforce will maybe have never done that search for their values. They may have been criticized for some of their values. They may have been uh, confused about some of their values and how it interacts really in their decision-making as well as in their partner relationships, their friend relationships. It's amazing. It's great information. It's something you need to do. So it would be awesome for you to go to Amazon, order that book. I mean, they're working hard over there, and they'll send it out to you. So I hope you'll consider that as an option for these days. Now, have you ever asked yourself, what would I do if I died tomorrow? Sobering thought. We, Being in the older generation, we think of them as asking that question. We don't think of a 20 or 30 year old asking that question. It's way too early, right? So our guest today is so perfect to be here during this time when we're faced with a worldwide fear of what would happen if I died tomorrow. Well, that is the title of her awesome book. And so Kate Manser is the creator of Who Might You Might Die Tomorrow movement. It's a movement she's created. A radical perspective to inspiring people to really live before they die. She is a motivational speaker, 
author, and entrepreneur. Her new book, also entitled You Might Die Tomorrow, helps readers face their fear of death to live their most meaningful life, no matter what age they are. Kate has spoken at Facebook Incorporated, has sold thousands of branded products to fans around the world, and is so happy to be alive. Welcome, Kate. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Joyce. It's uh, it's a great day to be alive, and I'm happy to be here. <laughs> great. This is really a very unusual time, and I think it's so appropriate that we can we can visit with you today about that fear that we all carry about death too early, or death in itself, no matter what age we are. Um, so I think it's really. Uh, time-wise, a great thing that we're having this discussion. Now, I know you talk about it all year long. <laughs> you're speaking. So it's a great topic because it, it causes us to pause and stop and, and really evaluate who and what we are. But how did you get into this, this kind of very serious sobering, uh, movement? Well, I was really just like everybody else. I never really thought about my mortality and I just assumed I'd live to all 78 or 87 years of, of life expectancy until when I was about 30 years old, three friends of mine died in just unrelated, un- unexpected tragedies all within the span of six months. And they were all around my age. And so that security that I had of a not thinking about death and B just assuming that I would have this long life to get to do everything that I wanted to do was suddenly torn away from me. And it, um, it, unfortunately, that was that was not the main catalyst to my epiphany, the positive epiphany. What happened first was that sent me into a year of death anxiety where I was afraid to – every time I got behind the wheel of the car, I was afraid. It was hard to go to sleep because I was thinking about you know, if I might die or if someone I, in my family might die. Every time the phone rang, I got startled. And, you know, Joyce, I'm sure this is something that a lot of your listeners can identify with because I think all of us have gone through a period in our life where death just got a little bit too close for comfort and we reacted with that deep anxiety. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Were these really, was it just the fact that they had died so young or were they really close friends that you totally were unexpected that they would leave? So uh the first one who died was my boss. He at Go- I was working at Google and he was 27 years old, this really vibrant guy, a triathlete and he died on vacation and the second person that died was my um my ex-husband's well we were married at the time, his cousin. He was only 34 years old. He actually died on his 31st birthday after only 6 months with uh aggressive renal cancer. Uh-huh. And then the third friend of mine was a friend Friend of mine from college. We were we worked together in college. We went to school together, and we li- we were neighbors. And she died literally just crossing the street. And so again, these people died on vacation, mm. you know, unexpected mm-hmm. cancer, and literally just crossing the street. And so that's what caused me to just realize that death can be around any corner. And again, that first right. feeling that I had was not this vibrant desire to live, it was recoiling in fear and Joyce unexpectedly what totally changed everything for me. And what popped me out of that really deep anxiety was a fourth friend of mine died. His name was Dan Friedenberg and he was climbing Mount Everest. He was up at the climbers base camp when the 2015 Nepal earthquake struck and he was killed (gasps) in an avalanche that was triggered at that time. And he was also just this, he was an adventurer. He, we worked together at Google. He was this vibrant, really good looking, funny, adventurous guy that you know, when I first heard about his death, I was so angry because, you know, climbing Mount Everest is a very, very optional activity. And my first mm-hmm. response was, you know, why, why did you climb Mount Everest? You know, you, you took away your presence from the world in the name of adventure for yourself. Mm-hmm. But what I realized as I reflected on that is, and, and as I reflected on his sense of adventure and vibrance for life, 
in comparison to my fear to drive a car or pick up the phone and, and just anxiety about taking any risks out of the unknown. I realized that he died living his most true and vibrant expression of life, where meanwhile, I'm afraid to climb the stairs. And so when I reflected on his death, I realized that, you know, I have no control over when, where, or how I die. But what I do have control over is how I live until that mystery moment comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, those are all just unbelievable examples of how close it was and how really intimate it was in that you had, you'd interacted with these people that I, I'm, yeah, I'm sitting oh, yeah. here with shivers here. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. And you talk about a second wind. Uh, I think so many of us go through life kind of on autopilot and we just follow the example of other people following this kind of like autopilot blueprint of what we think we should do. You know, I was 30 years old. I had gotten married and I had a great job. I had a dog. I bought a house. Like I was checking off all of these boxes of how I thought I should be living only to, you know, reach 30 really kind of feel out of place in my own life and then go through those those trials of unexpected loss and it totally shook my life up and caused me to look at everything differently. And so what I did at that time was I ended up getting a divorce. I quit my job at Google and I decided that I wanted to fulfill my dream of going on a long-term trip around the world. And so at the time, that was my expression of living like I might die tomorrow was, you know, going on this big grand around the world adventure. And man, it was, uh, it totally changed the way I look at life because I realized that I might not have until retirement to get around to traveling. I may not have until or or maybe I will make it, but I have a bad back and I can't do the things that I want to do. And so, you know, realizing that I might die tomorrow, it became it went from being terrifying to being the most motivating source of inspiration I had ever experienced. And I just felt this fiery urgency to make my dreams happen now. Yeah. Can well, see, I think that's terribly courageous just to take off on yourself. I assume you were traveling by yourself. Um Right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's very brave, Kate. <laughs> I mean, I would be shivering in my shoes. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I love to travel, but I travel in a group. You know, I, I'm not one of these that can yeah. strike off. So how did you find the, the courage to do that? Was that, was that fear of not living so much greater than the fear of doing it, of exploring, of just fulfilling that need to see what what was out there. Oh my goodness. Well, I was scared as heck. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I almost didn't go on the trip so many times. And even when I was on the trip, I never had any moments where I was really terrified for my safety. But, um, but you know, it's the thing that I realized and that thinking about my mortality helped me see is that death is always going to be scary. Like it's, we're we're naturally programmed to be afraid of dying, right? We're afraid of the mystery of dying. We're afraid that it might hurt. We're afraid of leaving our loved ones behind and we're afraid of not living before we die and but what I realized when I faced my mortality and embraced the motivation that it can bring is that we can proceed with fear within us. And I think that's what I applied to the trip at the time, which was, yes, this is scary. This is unknown. It's totally crazy, but I'm going to proceed anyway. And and that was a valuable lesson that I learned that is um, to move forward and keep that fear in the pocket without letting it hold us back. Yeah, yeah. That fear has stopped a lot of people from really growing and reaching out i would be curious where did you start on this journey was it a country or a uh i know it was a country of course but i mean how did you even pick it you know, <laughs> no. where do i want to go first you know i don't even remember how i chose australia to start out but that was my my first stop and i ended up 
I was going to travel for two years or for one year. Um, I had saved up all these pennies and come up with all these creative ways to make my money last and, and all of these things. And I started in Australia and I ended up in that first year. I wanted to travel slowly. I wasn't, you know, I'm 30 years, I was 30 years old at the time. I wasn't in that like rush to check countries off. I wanted to slowly savor and enjoy myself. And so as I traveled that first year, which was 2016, I spent four to six weeks in every country and I loved every single minute of it. And then I kept traveling slowly and um, ended up spending the, the final two months or three months after the second year traveling around the U.S. with my dog. Yeah, I was able to find a part-time online job doing marketing for a startup in Canada along the way. You know, things just sort of fell into place. And and that's what I learned is that when we move forward with fear that um, everything is certainly not perfect, but that things sort of fall into place. Right. Yes. Yes. Well, I will always be in a place of admiring your your courage over that that was really a big 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 step now i i i would like to do it but honestly it ain't going to happen <laughs> so well let me tell you what i realized when i got back what well, the biggest lesson came when i got back so you know i'm traveling for 2 years having the time of my life everything's great and then i'm running out of money and like okay i got to go back and get a job so yeah. i returned back to austin Got a job. You know, I had a 45 minute commute to and from work every day. I got a regular apartment back to paying regular bills, all of those things. And the biggest lesson came when I got back. And that lesson was that, sure, I had this grand adventure and it was amazing and I will never regret it. And I will always, you know, on my deathbed, I will feel happy and satisfied that I took that big risk. But what I realized is that the greatest trial and the greatest mission of my life is to live like I might die tomorrow every single day, whether I'm, you know, walking through the streets of Tokyo or walking around the suburban streets of my neighborhood, because we can't always be chasing that next bucket list item, right? Like we just, you know, we have to wake up in the morning and we have to unload the dishwasher and schedule our dentist appointment. And so the real finesse is figuring out how to find simple joy in life in our everyday existence right now when did you decide did the book come first or did you decide on your mission what what was the that moment that said this is what i have to this is why i'm here this is why i have to do this Oh, yeah. Well, you know, like most things, Joyce, you're an author, you understand, like things are not always linear. It would have been great if I was like, oh, come up with the idea for the movement and then go on the trip and then come back and like neatly and tidily write my book in three months. Uh, But but that's not how inspiration works. And so, you know, before I left for the trip, and I think before I even had the idea for the trip, I came up with this idea for this, you know, inspiration message. You might die tomorrow. And that's because it had, I had been discovering since I embraced my mortality instead of, you know, running away in fear from it, that again, it's the greatest motivation. It's the most crystal source of clarity and it lights a fire in my butt to, to not put things off. And so, yeah, I came up with the idea for you might die tomorrow. So live today. I started blogging about it. I got the inspiration to go on the trip. And, you know, when I was on the trip, I was kind of in this battle of like, should I be just fully enjoying the travel or should I be writing along the way? And ultimately, I decided to just kind of use it as research and experience. And then most of the book got written when I um, when I got back throughout the year of 2019. Yeah. Now, you had quite you have a a large, really large Facebook following. And was that built through your blog that you must have done this blog continuously through your travels? Is that correct? 
Yeah. So I think the way that it grew was, well, let me tell you one thing. When I first came up with this idea of like helping people see the positive, the sunny side of death, yes, I wasn't sure how people would react. And to be mm-hmm. honest, in the beginning, especially that people had a lot of resistance and people still have a lot of resistance. A lot of people yeah. say, oh, that they write it off as morbid or yes. um, they feel a lot of resistance. And right. um you know, but what I have found over the years is that for every one person that writes it off as morbid, there's a hundred people that feel that sense of motivation and inspiration from it. And, mm-hmm. um, and so it just kind of shared itself on Facebook and, and Instagram. And I've been blogging all along and, you know, the book just came out at the beginning of March. So oh, yeah, well, it's, congratulations. it literally just came out. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's crazy timing. It, it, I, I work on this book. So from the time I left for the trip and came up with the idea and all of that, that was back in 2015. And mm-hmm. here we are in 2020. So I worked on the project and traveled and all that for five years. And then, oh, here, let's launch it one week before the whole world goes on lockdown. Yeah, but yes. I feel really deep inside of me that this is a message that, that people need to hear now more than ever. Oh. And they'll be more receptive to, because just like you said at the beginning of this interview, you know, we appreciate the small things so much more right now. Oh, yes. This is the perfect time. As I was getting ready, preparing for this, I went, wow, this is so perfect for for what we're all facing right now. We are all facing that fear of death. We are. And it's like, oh, this is so the timing is so right, Kate, oh, that this yeah. is going out. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think for better or for worse, the fact that I went on that big trip and that's part of my story, you know, that is very inspiring to some people, but it also raises a lot of um, resistance in some people because a lot of people are like, oh, hey, I have kids now. I'd love to go on a trip, but I can't just drop everything like you. So I've been facing a bit of an uphill battle to get people to understand that your version, every person's version of a meaningful life is totally subjective to you. And while for me, it's appreciating the sunset and writing a book and going on a big trip for you, it could be totally and completely different. And so I think the again, the part of finding meaning in life is figuring out what is meaningful to your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I first really put my hands around this whole thing and it about the COVID-19 and how it's affecting everybody at the same time. They're all staying in their homes. They're all trying to kill this virus by not spreading it. That is a big thought to put your brain around. Everybody in this world is experiences the same thing at the same time. That's huge. And I so agree that the sunset is just as beautiful in Tyler, Texas, as it is in Beijing or some other place if you were to get out to the country, you know, from Beijing. <laughs> so, I mean, it it's the same sky that we're all looking at. It's the same sun. And it's just, it's huge when you start thinking about you're so right when that person says, I can't because I can't go to these places, there's so many commonalities that we all experience that we, we're totally unaware of. Oh, I think you it's said different. it so beautifully. Thank you. Beauty just, is everywhere. It is. It is. It's amazing. So how do you combat the um, – do you have some sort of secret magic a thing that you do to help that person that says, I can't talk about death. I'm too young. Or, you know, we think about the old talking about death. And, and as I've gotten older in my life, I feel more comfortable with death because I see it as a curtain. I don't see it as an end. Mm-hmm. And so that's helped me, uh, you know, when we lose mothers and fathers and close relatives, I see it as just another phase of life. So how do you, when you're speaking, I know you do a lot of speaking, and how do you bring that subject with a positive approach to young people? 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's, um, I think that people have this openness and curiosity to mortality beneath that initial fear or phobia. And the research shows that there are two main ways that we mitigate our fear of death. And one of the first way is to have a regular contemplation or meditation on the idea of our mortality, which is very common practice in many religions, Christianity, Buddhism, and on and on. And so it's kind of like exposure therapy, right? Like if you're afraid of heights, you're going to slowly ascend up a building a little bit more each day until you, um, you know, eventually overcome your fear to a certain extent and can gingerly stand on that top floor. It's the same with death. If you gently open your mind to the idea and see a positive example of it, you can begin to, uh, begin to embrace it. And then the second way that is psychologically proven to help mitigate the fear of death is to live a meaningful life. Because when we feel like we're doing good in the world, When we feel like we're living a life that we can be satisfied with, that fear of death simmers down. And Mm -hmm. so those are the two ways to, to A, gently embrace the idea of death and two, to live your best life, have fun every day, enjoy your life and you'll feel good about living and dying. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. Um, I do notice that on your site, you do a um, meditation for the death, what, how, how's it worded? Oh, the deathbed, uh, deathbed meditation. meditation. Yeah. So when we come back from our little break, I will talk about that. And also, you know, you talk about clarity and I think we all, uh, hear that word, but we don't really, um, understand it the same way. <laughs> clarity means really getting to know who you are and, um, appreciating our uniqueness. Um, and how do you, how does a person find their clarity, um, and really incorporate that into where they want to spend their time? That's a question. Can we talk a little bit about that? Oh, hi, that? Love you. Great. Well, um, We are going to take a break here, and so when we come back, Kate will be sharing more of her wisdom. She learned a lot on that trip, and she's incorporated a lot into this big topic, you might die tomorrow. But knowing that you've lived a full and rich life is a key area to accept, I think, death peacefully. So anyway, that's my thoughts. And I know Kate has many, many, many more. So we're going to take a brief break now, and we'll be back to discuss more with Kate. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. Now you know that I'm, you've been with us in the first half, that I'm talking with Kate Mincer, and she is talking about you might die tomorrow. Now what does that thought mean to you? Well, it can put you in fear, it could 
move you all over the spectrum of emotion. So anyway, we are so grateful and we have decided that we want to talk more about the clarity. I've asked her to talk more about the clarity of how one decides what is really their, their deepest desire to live, what type of life they find, how they find, let me do this again, how they find how they want to live. They're soul calling, if you will say. I'm sorry. Kate, can you say that better? <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, you hit it right on the nose. And I believe that, you know, we all want to find that clarity in our life. We all want to live in alignment with our soul. We all want to die feeling that we lived a good life. But the greatest, what I believe is that death is the most underrated catalyst to clarity. So I'm sure you've experienced loss in your life and your listeners have as well. But, you know, when someone dies, we suddenly see how we see what's important to us. We say, hug the per- people that you love, you know, go outside and enjoy nature. We, we suddenly see with clarity, you know, what our priorities are and how simple and beautiful life is. And, you know, you've, You've probably known someone with terminal illness as well who was able to really appreciate the experience of being alive and seeing it as that limited time offer and and really just live fully. And so what I believe is that by embracing our mortality, we can gain those same catalysts to clarity and paths to inspiration and motivation because death shows us what is important to us because at the end of the day, when we're on our deathbed, we don't care what people think about us. We don't care what kind of car that we drove. What matters to us is what matters to us. And it's usually people, relationships, the good that we did in the world, how much we enjoyed ourselves. And so I believe that by meditating and by inviting mortality into your life, you can have that perspective of after a loss or, you know, if you were actually dying without having to experience the tragedy. Well, are you saying that through meditation we get clarity? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm saying that by, yeah, I'm saying that by inviting mortality into our life and by thinking about our mortality on a regular basis and remembering that our life is not guaranteed, we can get clarity to what's important to us. And so that could look like a more formal meditation, or it could look like just an awareness that life is short and the duration is unknown. It can look like remembering that living and dying are both natural parts of life. It can look like, you know, thinking about death on a regular basis and allowing it to show you the light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that for me, um, there are those things that I can do that really light me up. They give me so much freedom. I'm just, I'm flying almost. I'm not walking. And so I think it's really important for people to spend time in those Things that give them that type of joy. Not that we can stay in them forever, but you know, I know when I'm outside, I feel alive. Mm-hmm. When I'm inside, I can get heavy and depressed. And we've been spending a lot of time inside. So I've been working outside a lot as okay. much as I can, you know, but I think it's important that we take that in, that we, we become aware. Aha. I know that for me, I must be outside or for me, I must sing or for me. So it's those things that kind of lighten our spirit and they give us, they give us feedback. They talk to us actually. If we're sensitive enough to pick up on it and that's where we need to spend our time. Yes. I, Oh, you said it singing, being outside, right? Like I'm so passionate about the idea that life can pass with blinding speed if you let it. So mm-hmm. we can't let it. We have to take those moments and go out and sing and go outside and walk around with your feet in the cool grass and mm-hmm. really tap into this feeling of being alive. Because how often do we get in bed at the end of the day and we didn't really like slow down. We didn't really feel alive. The day just kind of went. And so Mm -hmm. uh, just like you said, we can't maybe feel that all day, 
every day. But if we slow down and take a moment to look up at the sky, put your hand over your heart and just remember that you are alive. This is our life. That's Mm -hmm. taking that one moment to feel that aliveness. And, And to me, that's that richness of experience that we all lust after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, however, instead of getting out and doing those things that really fire us up and make us feel lighter and is that we stay too much in the, and we've certainly, I know every one of us has felt this over this two weeks, four weeks, how long you've been, uh, sequestered in your home environment. Um, we kind of get apathetic. We kind of get heavy. And do you have ways that of helping somebody break out of that? Do you have um, exercises or tools that they can use? Or is oh, it- yeah, it's so important because I, I don't know. I, I feel like routine is kind of this thing that we can just get wrapped into. Mm, and if yeah. we sit down too long, then we, it feels like this, we have to move a mountain to get outside <laughs> when all we have to do is walk out the front door. Yes. And so, yeah, just like you, I'm trying to get outside as much as possible. I'm trying to just yesterday, I finally got out in my car for just for a drive and I had the windows down and the sun was shining and mm. I, just like you, I felt so free and I felt so alive. And, you know, you're here in Texas. We've got some blue bonnets happening right now. And I was driving by a field of blue bonnets and there were two adult cows and one baby cow literally frolicking through this field. And so I pulled my car over to the side of the road and I just felt so grateful to see that experience. And so, um, Those are the small moments that help us feel alive. And so the ways that I encourage all of us to cultivate that feeling of aliveness is to set a date for yourself uh, every day, an appointment to go outside and and be in nature and um, just really let yourself be free. And, And also I think it's a mindset shift by thinking, oh, I'm on lockdown. I can't move. I have to stay in my house. That mindset just is dark and heavy. But if we can look Look at this as a gift to the world and a chance to live a totally different kind of life and a chance to maybe do some of the things and that we've been wanting to do, even if we just read, read two pages of a book, but we used to read zero, look at those yes. as small wins and change the mindset to opportunity as opposed to, you know, missing out, then that can help as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're faced with, and you're, you, you used to work at Google. I'm reminding them. (laughs) So I think of you as being a techie person. (laughs) So, I mean, makes no sense, Kate. I understand that. (laughs) But we are so wrapped up in our technology, the things we have, TV, way too much TV. We have, you know, iPhone, way too much iPhone. And so we almost need to literally promise ourselves, put those down uh, from Two to four. I'm no electronics or something to help us get past that crutch that we've all learned to live on. I have friends that keep their TV on Fox all day long. Mm. And I'm not really a Fox fan, so, um, but I certainly don't leave that TV on. how do you minim, do you have a, a practice or a routine, a, a way that we can help people actually minimize the fear that they might have about death? Oh, yes. So one of the things that uh, we talked about a little bit earlier is the deathbed meditation. And one of the thing, you know, that accomplishes a lot of, a lot of goals. It helps us gently expose ourselves to the idea of our mortality. It helps us see the beautiful clarity that it can bring to our lives. And so what the deathbed meditation is, is it's a guided meditation that I created that allows you to just in a very safe and calm meditative space, do a visualization where you imagine yourself on your deathbed. And it can be the most ideal, beautiful deathbed you've ever thought of, the most comforting, beautiful place. And you imagine yourself there and you're looking back over your life. Just Mm -hmm. again, no judgment, no chastising yourself. You're just observing 
your life and eventually you come to the present moment and you observe gently, you know, how you have maybe helped someone, how you've shared your love, you know, what you left unsaid, what you left undone. And then at the end of the meditation, after you've reflected on all of this with the clarity of being at the end of your life when you don't care what people think um, or how much money you had, Mm-hmm. Then you realize that you're not dead, you're alive, and you still have time to live your most vibrant expression of life and uh, to enjoy yourself. Because, listen, Joyce, I'm a procrastinator, right? I leave <laughs> projects and chores and all of these things until the last minute. But living like you might die tomorrow puts a deadline on life that doesn't really allow for procrastination. We have to enjoy ourselves today. We have to spread love today. We have to go outside and walk in the grass barefoot today and so um that is one of the gifts that i love sharing with people is that deathbed meditation to um to see clearly what is important to us yeah yeah um tell us how we can get i know i want them to know about your website i want them to know about your facebook because you is that where you post your blogs Yes, yeah, so everything lives on my website, youmightdietomorrow.com, and I've got Facebook and Instagram as well. I'm both, I'm You Might Die Tomorrow on both of those. And if you want to hear a bunch of the whole juicy story of how I had this amazing radical realization that totally changed my life and quit my job at Google and went on the trip and learned about what's meaningful to me in my life, that's all in my book as well as the psychology of mortality awareness and practical ways that you can incorporate mortality awareness into your life. That's all in my book, which you can purchase on bookshop.org, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and my audio book will be coming out next month. Oh, awesome. So many people like the audible, audible feature. I do. You know, oh, yeah. you can always listen to it. Yeah, sure. you get so much personality. I love when the author reads their own books. That's my favorite. And so I, I read my own. Oh, good. Because they don't always do that. But so another kudos to you for doing that, because, you know, uh, there's a lot of wisdom that you have to share with people. I mean, they people, you need to get her book or get the audible, whatever, whatever fits you. But there's so much wisdom that we, we she's experienced it and and is so willing to share it and has this this movement or mission to help people transition from their fear into living a really awesome life (laughs) where they're flying. They're not drudging through the mud of everyday life. So I really encourage you to take that. So where do they go for your Facebook so, yeah, if you go to Facebook and just type in at the top, you might die tomorrow. Um, same with Instagram. And again, the website is you might die tomorrow.com. And you know, what I want to leave people with is especially on second wind when we're all, you know, at different stages of our life is that it's never too late. If you're still alive and kicking today, you've got time to accomplish your dreams, to make sure the people you love know you love them and to enjoy, enjoy your life. Even amidst a pandemic when things are hard, the sun is still shining. There's still birds outside. Mm-hmm. There's still great people like Joyce in the world spending love and goodness. And um, I want you to be able to tap into that feeling of being alive no matter what. Oh, yeah. This has just been a beautiful, beautiful experience to have you share this awesome story. Now, do you you speak a lot? And I was so impressed that you had spoken it's so many different places. You're always available and your topics are, um, about how to cultivate everyday meaning in life. Uh, the deathbed meditation, that's all incorporated into one speech or it's a speech. Oh, it totally depends on, on the audience. The audience, yeah. You know, I was shocked when I got the call from Facebook uh, last year, and Facebook specifically wanted me to come do the deathbed meditation for their employees. And you know, really? I, I had always thought that it was this thing that was kind of fringe, but after Facebook called me, I was like, you know, this is something that that everyone is, can be open to. And so, yeah, I love talking about how to cultivate meaning in life, how to cultivate meaning at 
work, regardless of what your job is. I love talking about having fun every single day and the deathbed meditation and, um, you know, my experience of embracing your mortality as the greatest motivation to live. Yeah. I'd like for you to tell us just a little bit before we have to wrap up today. How was being a female entrepreneur and you have a very, very radical vision with your movement? You've chosen a topic that was brought to you actually, because I believe in the universe's power. Um, so how was it? How is it? to continue the fight to support this idea and get it out there are do you find people receptive uh is it a sometimes heavy for you how is it because it's a great message everybody's everybody's going die i mean it's a great message but yeah. do, you, do you get pushback sometimes oh yeah absolutely but what i will say is i feel so I've always been an optimistic, outgoing, outspoken person who just enjoys the experience of life. And that was just amplified once I realized the power of mortality awareness. But I think that I'm like uniquely gifted with this message to share with the world because you think, oh, death – Probably you you start to think of all of these things that the person who has a, a movement about mortality probably looks like and acts like. And then here I come along, this bright, you know, outgoing person who always looks at the sunny side. And I think it opens people's mind to see that you don't have to be this dark, goth looking, always wearing <laughs> black, you know, kind of lives in a cave person to to be talking and thinking about death. You can be just a a regular person who loves life and uh -huh. um and so that's where i feel you know uniquely gifted to to have this message um because i think it opens people's mind that um you know this this can be for everyone and it can be something that really helps us see the beauty of being alive because yeah. when every morning we wake up, sure, we're grateful to be alive, but we're also, also grateful to be not dead. And that in and of itself, I feel like is, um, is, you know, what we're all striving for. We all want to feel yeah. that happiness every single day. I know. You know, I, all of you must go to her website. You must go to Kate's website because there's the most wonderful picture of her on there. And you'll see she isn't alive. She is a beautiful young woman, blonde. I mean, so happy. Got the smiling from ear to ear. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> it is kind of interesting that you're talking about this. You must put people very much at ease when they see you come out on the stage to speak. It's, it's really quite interesting, Kate. I love it. Oh, love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, no, oh, it's wonderful. And you're so close. Oh my gosh. I know. We'll have to, we'll have to do lunch when the quarantine lifts. <laughs> okay. Will we have to do it through the computer or will we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I want to say thank you so much for being with me today. This has been very enlightening. It's very, I know there are people that have benefited today from your listening to this podcast. And I hope it has emphasized to them the importance of beginning to live their life. Do not put things on hold and realize simple things make us very happy. And so, and they're all just outside. They're outside. They're inside. They're, it's just where we find them. So thank you very much for being with us today. Um, you can get her book on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, so many different ways that you can go get this book. And it, it will be a good read for you. Awesome. It can change your life. So thank you, Miss Kate. Oh, thank you so much, Joyce. And I hope that everyone listening just prioritizes enjoying our life because it's short and sweet. And um, why not have a little fun while we're here? Yeah, absolutely. So what do you have on your plate today to have fun other than this podcast? 
<laughs> well, my birthday is on Thursday, and so I decided that even though I'm in quarantine, I've been like sort of lusting after this huge tool skirt online for like a year, and the price just went down. So I bought myself this huge tool skirt, and uh, I'm gonna do a self photo shoot, uh, commemorating my 35th birthday in this big, beautiful skirt that makes me really happy. That's awesome. <laughs> See, she's already looking forward to that, putting that whole thing together. And there's some great sales. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, now I've got the skirt of my dreams, and I'm going to sit on my pink velvet chair and just show that I'm happy to be alive at 35 and regardless of a pandemic, just doing our very best. Absolutely. Well, thank you, my dear. I will... uh look forward to following you and getting you to Tyler, Texas to talk about your movement. Thank you, so, Joyce. Thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. Alright, my dear friends, today has been a real treat. It's food for thought that we all need to be aware of. You know, what, what, what might it be like if this indeed was your last day? Tomorrow, you would die. This is what you need to be aware of. And this is what life can be very, very promising about. Is that death is not a dark thing, but merely passing through a curtain. But how can you make your time on the earth really, really awesome? I appreciate so much that you took the time to be with us today. I also ask you to share this podcast because there are those that just didn't make it today and they will gain so much by having this podcast, listening to it. So take the time, please, to go out and share with your friend. Send it to whoever, but talk it up. Because I think it's really good information. So I thank you very much for being with us today. And I hope that this week you will plan something really, really fun to do. That's why we're here, to enjoy the day. And we can do it from our very homes. Pick something that you haven't done. Like, let's see, we don't want to make it too heavy. So we don't want to. Well, you could say organizing, but I find that a little heavy for me. But uh, cleaning the closet is always a, a thing. But I like much more to be outside. I'll pull a weed any day before I clean the closet. So with that being said, I thank you for being here. I look forward to talking with you next week. And please have a great day today. Thanks for being here. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.